Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. We have another preview episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. We have Inside the Rebels, David Johnson here. Get ready for a very big Saturday night in Athens. It's going to be a very exciting game between the number two Georgia Bulldogs and the number nine Ole Miss Rebels. A game that I uh, think not only everyone around the SEC, but across the country is going to be paying close attention to. Uh, David, first off, thanks so much for taking some time on this Wednesday to talk to us about this game, this matchup. And, and I want to start you off with just sort of a general question, looking at this Ole Miss team, uh, eight and one overall, five and one in the conference. How has this Rebels team been so successful this year? What has put them in this situation where they're still very much alive in the SEC West? Yeah, you know, when you think about Ole Miss, you think about Lane Kiffin and you think about throwing the football. And what a lot of people don't understand is the success of Lane's offense is predicated on their ability to run the ball. And, um, you know, they've been doing that effectively of late, had a little trouble doing that early in the year against weaker competition, but the run game has been there. The offensive line has kind of gelled together and uh, it's important for the Ole Miss offense to be balanced. The second part of that question is much improved play on the defensive side of the football. And, of course, Pete Golding, the former Alabama defensive coordinator, is now in Oxford and in charge of the Ole Miss defense. And I think you've seen some immediate immediate effects from that. Um, They're playing hard. You're seeing this defense maybe kind of – adopt the personality of their coordinator. I've known Pete a long time. I was fortunate enough to cover him when he was a college player at Division II Delta State University. And he was the same Pete then as he is now. He's tough. He's gritty. He's full of fight, and he never quits. And you're starting to see that from his players at Ole Miss. Are these the caliber players that he ultimately wants to have in Oxford? No, but I think he's putting them in the best position to win, and uh, I think that's why. You're seeing uh, the Ole Miss running game finally kick in and much improved defensive play. I want to look specifically at a few parts of this Ole Miss team, and let's start on offense. Let's start with Jackson Dart, the amount of success he's been able to have to this point in the season. What do you feel like, David, are Jackson's biggest strengths, and what are some of the areas he still needs to work on at this point in the year? Yeah, I think his biggest strength is his intelligence. Jackson is extremely smart. Uh, He makes the right decisions 99% of the time. Um, You know, it's not to say he's a system quarterback because he's much more than that. He's got a great arm. He's very accurate this season even accurate on the deep balls, which he struggled with last year. Um, And, you know, he's not really noted for it, but he's pretty fleet of feet. Uh, He can hurt you when the pocket breaks down and he scrambles. And and also, you know, you'll see Ole Miss come with with several designed quarterback runs. They use Jackson Dart as another running back in that backfield. 
Yeah, talking about Quinchon Jenkins a few minutes ago, just how big has he been with the Russian attack? And also, you know, acknowledging he's not the only back. You know, Ulysses Bentley, we've seen him make some plays. Uh, what stands out about the way this Ole Miss team is able to run the football and how much it uh, has helped them play such balanced offense this season? Yeah, you know, I mentioned they were struggling up front on the offensive line early in the year. And Quinshawn had a little bit of a difficulty getting it going. And uh, as the O-line problems have kind of worked themselves out, um, you're seeing him in his element now. He's running hard. He's hard to tackle. He breaks tackles left and right. Uh, he, he's got the ability to, to dodge you like a like a Barry Sanders, but he's bigger. He's more physical. Um, and right now he's he's playing his best football. Um, you know, so, um, Ole Miss is relatively healthy, pretty doggone healthy coming into Athens. And, uh, you know, I think Georgia is going to get their best shot now, whether or not that's good enough, you know, we've got a game to play to find out, but, um, you know, I think you're going to see a group of rebels coming into Athens with plans to win. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, whether or not that happens or not has is yet to be seen, but, uh, you know, they, they think they can. I'll, I'll put it to you like that. They're the little engine that could right now. Yeah, I have no doubt that they're going to be motivated to try to pull off a very big upset on Saturday night. Uh, Kirby Smart got some questions this week about Trey Harris, obviously a big playmaker for Ole Miss. Uh, what are Trey's biggest strengths, and who are some of the other pass catchers we should keep an eye on for Ole Miss going into Saturday? Yeah, Trey has has been a blessing to this offense. They went and got him out of the transfer portal from Louisiana Tech. And he did similar things to what you've seen him do, particularly the last three or four weeks in this, you know, in the tech offense that you know that he's doing now at Ole Miss. The biggest question was can he graduate that production up to this level of football? And he has done so successfully. Um, some of those one-handed grabs you see him make, absolutely incredible. Uh, you would think you're watching, you know, the back in the 1980s when everybody rubbed stick them all over him in the NFL. Uh, you know, the ball just seems to kind of stick to his hands. Um, he has been a big blessing. The other guy to watch, two guys in particular, uh, Dayton Wade, who happens to be a transfer guy, uh, he came in from uh, Western Kentucky, and then um, then you've got um, Jordan Watkins, the transfer from Louisville. Had to think there for a second. Um, both of those guys are very capable receivers. They complement Trey Harris very, very well. But I'm going to tell you another guy that they haven't used a lot, primarily in the passing game yet but they're more than capable of is tight end Caden Priestcorn. Another portal guy came in from Memphis, has a prototypical NFL body. Um, you know, I'm not going to say he's Brock Bowers. He's not. But, uh, you know, he is, uh, he is a very, very good tight end. And I would expect Ole Miss to kind of try to use him as much as they can as a target on Saturday. Uh, and I say as much as, as they can – because Priest Corn has been valuable to that offensive line getting things going. Often they'll keep him in as a run blocker. He'll pull, he'll
He'll trap guys, uh, and he'll go head up. He loves to put his hand in the dirt, but watch him as a target on Saturday. Speaking of that offensive line, David, just how far do you feel like this unit has come this season and, and how well they've been playing of late? Yeah, they, they have come a long ways. Um, you know, probably right about the LSU game, you kind of saw a turn in those guys. And, uh, you know, they, they've kept it up. Um, you know, you, you got to, you know, if you look at the Ole Miss offensive line, they've got a freshman All-American that lost his job, Jaden Williams at left tackle. He's been replaced by another portal guy, Victor Kearney, who came in from Washington and has done a great job at left tackle. So, um, you know, up front, uh, uh, yeah, I would say they've been playing almost as good as anybody in the SEC the last several games. Switching sides to that defense, you talked a little bit earlier about Pete Golding, but what stands out to you about his first defense in Oxford? What has allowed them to play so well and, and to do their part game after game? You know, Pete's not afraid to gamble, and they come after the quarterback. Um, if you'll look, I think Ole Miss is amongst the uh, national leaders in quarterback sacks this year, and I think that's a big key to the ball game on Saturday and, you know, whether or not they can they can get pressure on Carson Beck. Uh you know, I think, you know, Beck has had a great year. He's, he's thrown for 16 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Uh, they cannot let him stand back there in the pocket and throw to his receivers. That cannot happen. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that's probably going to be the key to the ball game as to whether or not they can har- harass Carson Beck and make him uncomfortable. Saw a little bit of that last week when Missouri actually sacked Carson three times, which is pretty significant. He had only been sacked six times in the games leading up to that matchup with the Tigers. When it comes to this defense, David, who are the names to know? Who are the Rebels that Georgia fans should keep an eye on and, and could play a big role in Ole Miss trying to pull off this upset? Yeah, I'll start off with the two edge guys, and that is Jared Ivey and Cedric Johnson. Ivey, uh, Georgia fans may remember him. He was uh, he is a portal guy from Georgia Tech. Uh, seems like we're talking about a lot of portal guys, and they call Lane Kiffin the portal king. So, uh, you know, I guess that's only fitting. But, you know, Ivy and Johnson, uh, both of them defensive ends, they've got to get pressure on the quarterback for sure. That is, that is absolutely the truth. Also, J.J. Pegues, who will play a, a three-tech, a four-tech, sometimes he's a zero-tech and a nose tackle, he's capable of getting pressure up the middle. Yet another portal guy from Auburn. Uh, but uh, he's very athletic, 300 pounds, doesn't move like he's 300 pounds. He's a he, he's a bolt of lightning. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the defense. The secondary is kind of a hodgepodge of guys that they've collected. And, uh, you know, they've done a, a better job than what I expected of them, to be honest with you, considering, you know, they lost – Davidson Igbignosen to Ohio State and other guys to like Miles Battle went to Utah. Another guy went to Oregon and they replaced them with guys from Liberty and North Texas and places like that. But they've been a pretty decent group this year under Pete Golding. 
mentioning Pagese, uh, he is always going to have a special place in my heart. He used to cover Auburn, and uh, you know, Gus Malzahn used him as a Wildcat quarterback sometimes. So I don't know. I don't think Lane's oh, yeah. done that. Well, well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what. If there are short yardage situations on Saturday, and there will be. Uh, you know, Ole Miss has lined J.J. Piggies up in the backfield and handed him the ball and said, big boy, just go get it, and he's done it. So, uh, you know, don't be surprised to see J.J. play on both sides of the football on Saturday. We're going to take a quick break, come right back, and talk about Saturday's matchup, the keys to this game, and how we see this thing playing out. Welcome back, everybody. Well, David, you mentioned this earlier, but uh, what is the injury situation for Ole Miss? I, I will just say briefly for Georgia, all eyes are on Brock Bowers, who has been running at practice. We may see him come back from injury against the Rebels. Uh, but how is the injury front looking for Ole Miss going into the Yeah, season? it's actually looking really, really good, considering this is, uh, what, game 10 of the season. Um Ole Miss is pretty healthy. I mean, Zachary Franklin, a wide receiver, uh, you know, we were kind of expecting big things out of him when he got here from the portal, but uh, he's been hurt all year. So uh, I doubt if he's going to play much of a factor. But other than that, uh, I mean, I think this Ole Miss team is ready to go on Saturday. When you look to this game, David, and, and we'll let you keep a score prediction for uh, all the subscribers over there at Inside the Rebels, but what needs to go right for Ole Miss? If we come out of Saturday and say, hey, the Rebels won this game, what has to happen for Ole Miss to have a chance to walk out of Athens with a victory? Well, number one, and I've already said it, you've got to make Carson Beck uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have to put a pass rush on him. And at the same time, you know, you got to slow Edwards down in the backfield. Uh it's going to have to be a yeoman's defensive effort, period. Uh, Georgia's going to have to uh, do something they don't do. They're going to have to shoot themselves in the foot a couple of times. Uh, and then, you know, Ole Miss goes over there and hopes to catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, you know, the probability of the Rebels winning is is not very good if you look at everything. I mean, Georgia hadn't lost, hasn't lost in a very long time, but – Everybody eventually loses. And, uh, you know, I, I personally think this will be the toughest game on Georgia's regular season schedule. Um, I think Ole Miss is firing on all cylinders. And, look, they're going to come in and they're going to give it their best shot. Georgia may win by 30 points. But they will get Ole Miss's best shot. And this is a healthy, relatively speaking, Ole Miss football team coming to Athens. I think it's going to be a very good game, like you said, David. I'm going to say Georgia wins 28-20. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. Uh, to two points that you know I think will really factor into this one. One, as you mentioned, the run game. Really interested to see how Georgia does if they're able to at least slow down Quinchon Junkins and company. Because Missouri had a whole lot of luck running the football last week. Cody Schrader averaged 5.1 yards per carry, so that's going to be a big deal. And third down. You know, Georgia's typically done really good on third down this season. Uh, but, you know, it was really the issues on first and second down against Missouri. Uh, average third down was third and seven. Uh, can't have that against a team like Ole Miss. I do think Georgia wins this one 28-20. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. And uh, I think uh, the margin for error is going to be really small. You know, I believe Ole Miss is first in the SEC in turnover margin. So Carson Beck's got to be able to hold on to the football. 
and uh, Georgia cannot afford to lose possessions, especially when you consider how potent this Ole Miss offense is. Yeah, I, I would think you're uh, you're about right. Um, I, I mean, look, the question, the big question, big picture question is, you know, can Ole Miss handle the moment? College game day there. Uh, sold out Sanford Stadium. Uh, everything on the line because you're talking about the number two team in the college football playoff poll versus the number nine team in the college football playoff poll. So, you know, an Ole Miss victory and somewhere along next week's rankings, the Rebels are going to pass that that group of Bulldogs. Uh, and a Georgia victory and, well, Ole Miss is playing for a really good Florida bowl game probably. Um or the Cotton Bowl in Texas. So the, everything's on the line. This is as big as it gets. And honestly, I would equate this probably as the biggest Ole Miss game in my lifetime. I'm 52 years old. That's what's on the line. Now, yes, they had big games against Auburn and Arkansas when Hugh Freeze was the head coach, where if it weren't for 4th and 25 – they would have went to the SEC championship game if it weren't for Laquan Treadwell breaking his leg as he fumbled crossing the goal line. Uh, they would have went to the SEC title game. But, you know, this game has national implications. If Ole Miss finds a way to win, this is the best win anybody's had all year in all of college football, period. So, you know, that's kind of what's on the line. Can Ole Miss handle the moment? I, I think that's a fair question. Rattle off before we get out of here a couple of the Dogs 24-7 staff picks for this game. Benjamin Wolk's got Georgia 34-24. He says Dejan Edwards controls the fourth quarter and ices the game away late. Kip Adams has Georgia 34-21. He says Jalen Walker has a strip sack that leads to a defensive touchdown for the Bulldogs. So going to be a very exciting game, no doubt. David, I really appreciate you taking the time to pop on this podcast and help us learn a little bit about Ole Miss. Uh, let us know what you guys have going on over at Inside the Rebels and um, where folks can follow you guys as we get ready for this game. Yeah, you can follow us at rebs247.com. That's Inside the Rebels, obviously an affiliate of 24-7 Sports. And, uh, you know, before I go, i got a confession to make, Jordan. Um as a small child, I was a Georgia Bulldog fan. Um, I'm 52 years old, so I was eight years old, seven, eight years old or so when Herschel Walker was doing all his stuff over at Georgia. And, uh, you know, I, and somehow or another, I love the Atlanta Falcons. And the Falcons in Georgia both wore red and black. So Georgia was my team for a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, I had a good friend who – Unfortunately, he's passed away. He's Sheffield. He was my quarterback in high school. I was his center. And he went on to play pitcher for the Georgia Bulldogs and won a national title over there. So, uh, you know, um, always glad to talk to the Georgia folks. Awesome to hear that. And I will say, David, as a fellow Atlanta Falcons fan, I'm so very sorry. Oh, man. Listen. Listen, though, the Falcons had Steve Barkowski and William Andrews and that crew back when I was a kid, and they were so much fun to watch. I still say to this day, 
William Andrews is the best running back I ever saw in the NFL. Tore an ACL, practically, basically ended his career after that. But uh, before that, man, that guy ran three feet off the ground and nobody could ever tackle him. He had such a low center of gravity. And, uh, you know, thanks to WREG in Memphis, they carried the Falcons games instead of the Saints. Everybody else in Mississippi grew up a Saints fan. Of course, Archie Manning was down there, and uh, it just made sense. But Channel 3 in Memphis, they carried the Falcons games, and that's what I watched every Sunday. Hey, I'll always end the note uh, of the Falcons over the Saints. That's always a good decision for all involved. <laughs> uh, David, I really appreciate the time. We're going to wrap up this episode right here. I want to make sure and tell everyone who is listening, if they haven't already, go to dogs247.com, subscribe. You'll get all the content and all the uh, team news and recruiting news for both the Georgia Bulldogs football team and the men's basketball team. Also, go over to Dogs247 on YouTube. You've got all the Kirby Smart press conferences, all the player interviews, and also Mike White press conferences and Georgia Bulldogs men's basketball player interviews there as well. So for David Johnson, I am Jordan Hill. Until next time, take care, everybody.